Hello and welcome back to another episode of Talking Pack, the official sports podcast of the Nevada Sagebrush. I am your host, Derek Reardon, and with me is the fabulous Dominic Gutierrez. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing good. How are you? It's been a really cold couple days. Yeah, no kidding. It's, uh, we are in Reno. Like, I think I mentioned this last week, but now we are most certainly in Reno fall. Yeah. And the fact that there's a chance that we get snow within the next couple days is very upsetting. But I don't like the snow. I'm a desert kid. We'll just have to wait and see. Anyways, on the docket today, football has ruined its hopes of ever making a bowl game this season as they lost to New Mexico. And we'll you know dive in a little bit for the for that um, in the weekend review and a little bit afterwards. But in higher spirits, we have basketball back. And the men's team did wind up winning their game against Sac State. So we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, that right after the football stuff. And also previewing the women's game that's going to happen tonight. Or, yeah, tonight because today's Thursday. So, yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about that as well. But as I mentioned previously, we are going to get into another edition of A Week in Review. Dom, would you like to take us uh, off with football? Yeah, so after you know, after a nice little winning streak that the Nevada football team was putting up, they kind of fell backward and lost to Hawaii at home, 27 to 14. The offense took a major step back like we normally see. They only produced 69 total offensive yards in the first half. Brendan Lewis only went one for nine with 36 passing yards, and then he was taken out. AJ Bianco finished it out. Yeah, all the, the slim hopes that they had for potential bowl game, um, that's out the window now. And at this point, it's just kind of a Ken Wilson trying to save his job from here on out so they're going to be on the road for this saturday against utah state and they do still have a chance of making the bowl game or making a bowl game so they're going to be they have a lot more on the table than nevada obviously does so yeah that's going to be at noon at maverick stadium in utah and i do know utah state is heavily favored by about 16 points so that makes sense in other news, women's volleyball played two games in the past week. They first played on November 2nd, where they lost to San Diego State in straight sets 0-3 on the road in San Diego. The second was two days later on November 4th, where they took on the UNLV Rebels on the road once more, and also losing in straight sets 0-3. They have two games in the next week, finishing off their, their four-game road trip. The first is going to be on November 9th against Air Force, and the second will be on November 11th against New Mexico. And then I believe they have two games back-to-back on the uh, at home at that point, so it's going to be a nice little uh, breather for that team as they so desperately need to kind of just get back and welcome the cold, as we all have. And then we have men's basketball. Dom. Yep, so men's basketball is finally back. Coach Alford and his crew, you know, kind of looking to bounce off of that first-round exit that they faced last year in the NCAA tournament. Um, they started off right, beating Sacramento State 77-63 uh, to 63 in Lawler. There's a little issue with, you know, you haven't heard yet, a few bats happened to get into Lawler Event Center during the second half, so the game had to temporarily stop. Some were not that happy about it. I know the players kind of found it funny. So either way you look at it, it was an interesting little start of the season for Nevada. But regardless of all that, they were able to win. You know, their starting group had a good night. Lucas led the team with 18 points. Jared Lucas. Keenan Blackshear started off slow in the first half, but finished it out strong in the second, scoring 14 points, which was the second most on the night. And yeah, obviously the free throw game went well for Nevada as they were they went uh, 21 for 27 as a team. Damn. Um, but obviously what they have to work on heading into their next game on the road against 
against Washington. Uh, just working on the three-pointer a little bit better. Nevada did go four for 15 at the three-point line. So just a few things to work on, but it was a nice, solid win. And they'll be on the road for the first time this season to take on Washington, who came off a pretty big win last week. Yeah, so Nevada will kind of look to push that to two in a row. Gotcha. You, are, you have stolen all the momentum that we had for these <laughs> next couple of segments. But I've been we can dive it. more into it, yeah. Exactly. So, first... Football, 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 football. I had hopes. Hawaii, I will say, and I mentioned this previously, Hawaii is a decent team. They, I remember against San Diego State, the quarterback had over, if not close to, 450 passing yards and a couple touchdowns. You know, so, and the run game has been impact, has been pretty good as well. Like, we are, like, I think the running in general for Mountain West has just been pretty good this year. Yeah, no, that was, um... That was a kick in the teeth. And during that game for, you know, the Hawaii-Nevada game, I was very, very upset with their first half performance, right? If you, It was a tale of two games, in my opinion. The first half, Nevada played as if they were playing against Idaho or against Fresno. We just didn't play, period, right? Our defense did good in the first. Second half was a whole, or excuse me, second quarter was a whole different story. So very, very upset about that. But if I remember correctly, because A.J. Bianco played the whole game starting from the second quarter. Yeah, uh, um, right? Am yeah, Lewis only, he didn't play much. I can't remember exactly when. He did get taken out, but I knew no. He only went one for nine, and he fumbled. He fumbled around the second quarter, I do believe. And then, yeah, Bianco came in and finished the game. So that was definitely the most time Bianco has played. But, yeah, as that's a, fair. as an offensive unit in total, I mean, both the offense and defense kind of took a step back. More so the offense. I mean, the first quarter, nobody scored. You know? Yeah. So you can look at it. Bad for the offense, good for the defense. Yeah, it was another thing where, you know, going into halftime, you know, it was 17-0 Hawaii, um, so it wasn't totally out of reach. But, you know, the offense, again, just had no answer. The passing game was non-existent. You know, Sean Dollars was the only reason why we scored 14 points. Yeah, so it was just kind of, it was just a little confusing because you see all the momentum that Nevada built up from that two games that they won back-to-back. And then just for them to completely lose all of that, lose, you know, what they had been doing right against the Hawaii team that, you know, technically was not as good as them heading into the season. You know, Hawaii had won a, a game against a Mountain West team before this game. They were 0-4. Yeah. So we were their first in-conference win. So yeah, and like we said, you know, they they had, Nevada had very slim hopes of making the bowl game, but there was still a chance if they had, you know, won out or at least won three out of four. Um, but obviously that's out the window now, so now it's just kind of... This was not the game we were to lose. Yeah. This was the game, like, this was, like, if we were to actually, like, contend for a bowl game, this was not the game to lose. Maybe Wyoming, right? That makes sense. Wyoming kicked ass in the beginning of the year, and then after that, kind of been up and down regardless. You know, we always hear good or bad things about them. Um, I know, like, uh, shout out at Big Game Boomer. He's really cool. I, I, I love his uh, I love his post, but I know he was at the Wyoming game, I think, a week or two ago. So, so like, obviously, Wyoming still has some traction. Not the bit, not the most traction like they had in the beginning of the season. So, whatever. But we that's in, like, two weeks. Yeah, this was not the game to lose. And, and it's obviously, like we said, it's not going to get too much easier. I mean, next week they take on Utah State. And like I mentioned earlier, you know, they still have bowl game implications. And so they are coming trying. off a good win, yeah, last week against San Diego State. So, they obviously, they have a lot more on the table. Yeah. And they're going to throw everything out they can no kidding and i think this is not just off like this is like in total offense Mm -hmm. like this is like i know we've kind of you know you mentioned the passing game i want to just kind of bring up some stats bianco was sacked six times yeah right six times he came in late second quarter i know i don't know the exact timing i think it was like five minutes at most like the earliest was five minutes left in the second quarter yeah right he was sacked six times in basically 
two quarters of football. That's unacceptable. I don't care how big that damn team is. I don't care how good that damn team is. The only team that we should have allowed that many sacks to is, U- is USC. Yeah. I don't even think we gave up that many sacks. I don't know. I have to look back at the numbers. Another thing is Bianco. No disrespect to him, but Bianco put up 76 yards. Mm-hmm. Lewis, 36. Braden Sat- Schnadger, I-, I don't know how you say his last yeah, name, but the quarterback yeah. for Hawaii right. had double the amount, ba- o- almost double the amount of passing yards that Bianco and Lewis threw for combined. And then along with Hawaii's QB, because we mentioned it in the last one, how he was throwing in at least one interception in almost every game. He didn't this And this one, no. This was only the third game of the season that he didn't throw an interception. Yeah. So. so it's just overall, Nevada football, like, overall Nevada football just kind of dropped the bag. And you can tell that that kind of changed because, I don't know if you did see, but Ken Wilson the other day, he, was non, uh, he wasn't able to commit to a quarterback for this game. So For Lew- Hawaii? Uh, for uh, Utah, Utah State, State yeah. Because obviously every other week, regardless of the struggles, he's committed to Brandon Lewis being the starter. But for this week, uh, he he wasn't committed to one. And so he said they're going to go through practices, first reps, see who to go to. But it sounds like we might have a QB change officially. Insane. So we might see A.J. Bianco getting the start against Utah State. Which honestly, at this point, you yes. know, since you have nothing else to lose, the season's already shot. You know, might as well see what the freshman has. Yes, because, and this is something that I mentioned last week. But Bianco does not have the same skills that Lewis has. That's so... Uh, I don't know if it's solely because Bianco's a freshman. Lewis is a, I, I, I believe he's a senior, if not a junior. Mm-hmm. So he's at least an upperclassman. So he yeah. has that experience. And he started at Colorado last year. Yeah. So he has that experience of like reading defenses. He has that experience of like when to throw away the ball, when to just sort of like hail Mary it, and when to just tuck it and go. Mm-hmm. Right? And I'm not, and, B, and Bianco has a tuck it and go mentality. He ran 15 times for 94 yards. Right. And if it wasn't for his sacks, he would have been the clear, like heavy leader in rushing, right? Because the only one that was next to him was Sean Dollars, and he, he got two tutties, so thank God for him. Yeah. We had we had offensive touchdowns la- uh, this last game. But, you know, welcome back, you know, Mr. Dollars. But, you know, he, he only ran for 60 yards, Yeah. right? So Bianco would have easily cleared it if it wasn't for all, all the sacks. So he has that running mentality, which is good. Yeah. You know, we, ought, we need that with our offensive line being so young and so fractured at the moment. He needs to get that recognition, and I and I agree. If Bianco starts, it's putting Nevada in the right direction. Simply put, there's no if and or ass in my head. Yeah. Because to get him that experience is to keep him so that way he doesn't transfer, and to also build him up so that way he's your starting quarterback next year, and you have that person to rely on. Even if Brendan Lewis stays and gets the start next year, you have that person with like, okay, this guy knows our system. He knows what we should be doing. He knows the ins and outs of. You know, like how to read finally. Let's we, we can fall back to him earlier than say against Hawaii. So yeah, I I'm in favor. I, I I've been in favor of this the entire year. You know, I've I've preached it to the heavens at this point multiple times. Bianco needs to start. And if you don't start him, at least two of these next three games, you're wasting him. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if Bianco enters the transfer portal because he's shown that he can sling the thing. You know, he, he can he can he can throw that pill forty yards and go get a you know a deep touchdown mm-hmm. just like Lewis can. Yeah. He doesn't have but the only thing is his awareness. If he can build his awareness, Nevada has a pretty damn good quarterback exactly. back then. Yep. So anyways, moving on a little bit from all the negativity because we actually have positive news this yeah. time. Basketball Men's back and- basketball, baby. We're back. We're back. The pack is back, baby. Uh, Nevada, as we mentioned earlier, won its first men's basketball game on Tuesday. So about a, two days from a day of recording. 77-63. 11-point win against Sac State. So just kind of open it up. 
how do you feel about Nevada's win? It was nice to see, you know, obviously coming off a 22 game or 22 wins last season, you know, obviously getting off to the right start, especially at home, which we were very good at last year. It's obviously good to see. I wouldn't exactly say a convincing win, you know, just because like I mentioned earlier, you know, the three point shot really struggled. Yeah. Um, I mean, one of them came from Jazz Gardner, who's our center. Hey, so, no, don't, no, don't yeah, disrespect no, no, no Jazz disrespect. Gardner, man. He's a dog. That man popped the three. Yeah. I remember watching the <laughs> clip on Twitter. I was so happy because, <laughs> God, I really want to talk to Jazz Gardner eventually, mm-hmm. and I will bring him on this podcast. I yeah. get, like, Within the season, I will bring him on here. But Jazz Gardner swinging that thing from three when I saw it on the Twitter, I, I jumped out of my seat. I was so happy to see him. I was just like, damn. Okay, young man, get it. Yeah. But sorry, continue. My no, fault. yeah, you're good. But yeah, he's like I said, he's a dog, and you know it was good to see something like that. Um, but obviously, you know, you want to see more production, you know, all around the court, especially when it comes to three point line. But like I said, you know, the free throw, you know, they were pretty damn close to perfect. So mm-hmm. that was nice to see. When you mentioned the 21, the 27, yeah, I mean, I keep on cutting you off, and I'm so sorry, but. When you mentioned the 21 to 27 yep. free throw, like I have the stats pulled up on the computer right now, but like I saw it like and I, when you were reading it, I was like, holy yeah, hell. Lucas went nine for nine, Blackshear, uh, Trey Coleman, and Tyler Rawlinson went two for two, and Nick Davidson went four for four. The only two that missed free throws were KJ Himes and Daniel Foster. Which, hey, no disrespect to them. I'm not trying to call them out. I'm not trying to put it like, you know, so, I mean, sort of hit Yeah, on obviously, as, as a team, you know. The, but, yeah, collectively, that was amazing. line worked, yeah. And that was our strength last year, too. Mm-hmm. Like, we had – we didn't have shooting, yeah. right? But we could take you in the paint and do really well in the paint. We're not looking at ASU. That first four game, that first, like, 20 minutes or that first 10 minutes didn't happen. No, but knowing that our free throw percentage is still astronomically high is amazing. We finished with a 44.1% field goal percentage, which, honest to God, just, like, don't look at the three-point percentage. Like, that's fine. But, like, our our, our field goal percentage was amazing, mm-hmm. right? Our rebounds, we had 29 rebounds to Sac State's 26. So we beat them in the rebound department, too. Slim margin, but still. And then turnovers, we four, we had the, uh, Sac State has 13 turnovers. We had seven. Yeah, and Sac State only had two players um, that actually scored over double digits because the Wolfpack was actually able to limit the Hornets to a 37.1% shooting. Which I heard Sac State had some really good transfers. Mm -hmm. They they do have, yeah, they have a lot of new players. I believe it was 11 new players they have on their roster. So they're a fairly new team. I mean, I think that was the other thing that was a bit concerning just to see with Nevada. Granted, it is only one game, but obviously towards the end of that second half, Nevada gave. Sac State a little too much room to play around because I I documented it was around about like the nine minute mark in the second half where Sac State just went on a a 12-0 run and cut it down to about five points towards the end of the game. Yeah, Yeah. and Nevada was, you know, they were able to, you know, they were able to bounce back when they had about a six-point lead, I believe, with the last couple minutes. They were able to close it out with a good run. So, I mean, obviously, you know, they didn't allow it to get too ahead of them. But obviously, you know, you know, that obviously won't work against every team. You know, you have to be able to have that stronger second half where, you know, you're not making it too interesting that late right. in the game. So it was obviously nice to see that even though they did, they were able to still keep it under control. But I would just say that's that's definitely something to keep an eye on heading into the rest of the season. I think we're fine, though. Yeah. Like, genuinely speaking. So we won by 14. Mm-hmm. That means we had at least nine points on them from what you said, like nine minutes left is when they had that went on the run. Yeah. So that means like after the run. 
right? We scored so many more points after that. I think, and knowing that basketball is a game of runs mm -hmm. and a game of momentum that shifts constantly, I'm proud of them, right? They commanded both quarters, or excuse me, they commanded, yeah, uh, not quarters, but they commanded both halves. They kept it, uh, yes, they kept it close, but that's also knowing that Sac State had some pretty damn good players on that court, right? And I mean, for like Sac State purposes, they were good. They were good players. Not to like diss Sac State, but they are in the big sky. Right. So, no disrespect to Sac State. Sac State's a, a really cool school, but like, you're in the big sky. We're in the Mountain West. We're, we're not that too far off, let's yeah. be real. <laughs> but yeah, so I am very, very happy with how men's basketball played. And they play next, like you said, against Washington on the road. Mm -hmm. I want to see how they do on the road, though. Yeah. Because that was... Because that was especially last season. Yes. Like, we only lost... Like, realistically, if you were to bet on us on the road, it would be a hit or miss. Mm -hmm. If you were to bet on us at home, you'd only say we lost to UNLV. And that was in a really close game, nonetheless. Yeah, at the very end of the season. Yes. So, and that's when we had all this sort of stuff of, like, maybe we get ranked. Yeah. Maybe we're going to be placed really high in the mm -hmm. NCAA tournament, which was rumored. I think at, at most we were a seven seed. Yeah, so it was obviously just those last couple games where we went on a skid that. Yeah. You know, so we, <laughs> we, we, we pushed that in the, into the closet. No. Yeah. But, but yeah, so genuinely speaking, we just have to see how they do on the road. Mm -hmm. at, at home, I know that, you know, the men's team, led by Lucas, led by Blackshear, is going to be dominant at home, mm -hmm. right? And we have our youngins and we have our transfers that are going to carry us to where we were last year. I have really, I have a really good faith in them. But we need to see them on the road first. And I think if they can genuinely do good on the road, oh, we're getting ranked. I believe it. Like, we, if we can improve our road um, percentage or win percentage, we're, we're getting ranked. And we keep, and of course, we keep the same at home, which, again, a lot of games up in the season. There's like 33, 34 games in this season, and we've only played one. So you think that this team's better than last year's roster? Then? If they don't go on a cold streak at the end of the season, yes. Fair. Personally, yes. Will Baker's a dog, but he transferred to LSU. So, <laughs> and I heard apparently he's been doing pretty good over there. So he I don't is. know what happened over I'm there. I'm so but. happy for him, dude. Will Baker's a dog too. Yeah. Doughboys is always good. So, uh, the <laughs> Baker's dozen. I forgot about that. No kidding. But yeah. So alrighty, we went into football, men's mm -hmm. basketball. A little bit of a preview into women's basketball because they do have their first game at home. Well, no, excuse me. Second game. Let me double check that. No, first game. Is it first yeah, game? Okay. Sac State. So first game against Sac State. How do we feel about this women's team that has a lot of transfers? I know we mentioned it a little bit in our. Uh, I think it maybe a little bit last week. Yeah, we, we touched back. a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, and then we obviously talked a lot about uh, during our uh, men's and women's basketball schedule preview. Mm -hmm. So, how do we feel about them now? I mean, obviously, you know, last season wasn't stellar, and they've kind of been. That's the hard thing with women's basketball over the past couple of years. It, there's not really been consistency. I mean, we've seen them be higher up in the Mountain West a year or so, and then the next year they just totally vomit and they're towards the bottom so i yep. think it's that's just the biggest thing is whether or not they can actually find consistency um and like you said with all the new transfers they actually got so they're you know a little bit more of a different team so you would hope obviously that with that the chemistry can still kind of click and they find that more consistency but obviously i think game one for them is gonna you know that kind of solidifies how we'll see what kind of team they really are from that i'm scared I'm not going to lie. I am scared. Reason being, Sac State women's basketball won the Big Sky Championship last year. And they made an NCAA tournament appearance. Mm. And they lost by, what, almost 50 points to Washington uh, on Monday. So I am, I am scared. Don't get me wrong. 
I'm looking at this game as in like uh, this game and the next couple as okay what should we think about the women's basketball team and like go from there I am still very nervous because this may be a game where we just kind of just get pushed down <laughs> because knowing how good Sac State was last year of course new team whole different set of people potentially so we really really need to just sort of keep an open mind after this game and be like we have a couple like, it's, it's not like football where we can judge two three games and be like okay this is how we should be playing right. we have to take at least those couple games including this one and go okay let's see how we feel do i think we have a chance to win potentially i wouldn't catch my breath sadly yeah. uh, it sucks to say that but it's true so it, it is true. i mean i guess I can, that can kind of lead into it depending on how the season goes for them because i know you know coach amanda levins has been here for quite some time yeah so, um, but she hasn't really found success and granted, you know, the team kind of just changed quite a bit mm -hmm. for them. Would you say, would you say her job would be in jeopardy if this season doesn't go well? Or do you think Nevada is going to keep ensuring trust in her? Cause she has been here since 2017. That's true. Give me one second. I'm mm -hmm. going to look. Oh, actually, I can just look at this real quick. So, obviously, we haven't won anything this... We haven't played this year. Yeah. Last year, we go... If my computer would like to load, that'd be great. We go 10 and 21. Because she does have a losing record with Nevada. Overall. Time. Yeah, overall. Fair enough. 89-95. So, I mean, it's close, close. But, yeah. So, she hasn't done... You know, it's not like she's just hanking the crap out of the team. Exactly. So, of the last four seasons, we've had a losing record in two of them. Mm -hmm. And only a really bad losing record in last season. Yeah. Right? We also had some injuries and some stuff plague our team last year so do we their own but I think if she can improve her old, like, quality of record and just really improve the team overall she can stay yeah right she's gonna stay and she may stay longer right not just not just outlasting her contract but truly like committing to this school for a while mm -hmm. if she doesn't and she has another losing record especially like the one she had in 2018 2019 where she went 12 and 19 yeah or maybe the one she had last year, then I would maybe say it's time to probably like sound the sirens and be like, hey, uh, you know, what's the uh, coaching market like right now? Because we... Like, especially with the new athletic director, you know? Yeah. Like, I, we talked about the same thing with Ken Wilson, you know, whether... And Derek Stephanie Ram Yeah, whether Stephanie Ramp's going to want her own people within the programs that she right. thinks are worth it. Who knows? I know um, if I was the AD coming in and I saw a history of this and it continues, I would probably, like, look at it and just go, okay, yeah, we, uh... We should be scared <laughs> and probably looking for someone new if possible. Mm -hmm. But who knows? I'm not in Stephanie Ramp's head. Right. I know she's just been very upset because of the bats. So feels bad yeah, for we, her. We don't talk about the bats right now. We don't talk about the bats right now. Steve Alford. <laughs> I still can't believe that, dude. Anyway, yeah. So I think that's a good place to end it this mm -hmm. week. So thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of Talking Pack. Make sure to follow us on our socials. We got Twitter and Insta or Twitter X, they want to call it, and Instagram. TikTok still pending. I've been so bad with that recently. It'll happen so, at some point. Eventually. So Keep I am. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> uh, I am your host, Eric Rodin, And again, with me is Tom Gutierrez. Thank you, everybody. Thank you so much. Have a good week, everyone. Bye.